Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Who Is John Harris podcast. As of right now, that is still what it's called, but I do have an idea for another working title, maybe even some sort of specific branding for that. And before I commit to it, I'm just going to have to think about it a little bit, and that's okay, because I can do whatever I want. Today, we're talking about gym ownership, business ownership, and kind of the process of how that went, how it started, how all of this process kind of got started. And it was a tumultuous time, not just financially, emotionally. There was a lot of things that kind of just had to just work out. And it's one of those things where you plant a seed and you water it and you just kind of wait. And if it grows, if it grows, if it's good, cool, you can only do so much, and um, as long as you do things the right way as best as possible and you're honest and you have some integrity and you never waver from your principles, I really do think that you can make it happen. And the reason why I wanted to start a gym is because I felt good. I felt like I had meaning and purpose when I was helping others. If I'm being completely honest, yes, fitness is very important. Health, wellness, being strong, being fit. These are great things to aspire in your life. Man, woman, child, human being, whatever. You should always pursue some level of goodness and or greatness in these aspects of your life because it has a bunch of other tangible benefits that are hard to measure. So I wanted to help people level up in life, level method, as you can see, level up in life, have some sort of plan for progression because I remember feeling worthless. I remember feeling less of a man, and it's not something that I just imposed on myself, but being 130 pounds and having like visible ribs and being super skinny, being basically blind in my right eye and wearing glasses, then my eyeballs look like they're this big. I mean, I wasn't a, uh, I wasn't a great example of the confident young man that I would hope most young men would want to be. So as I saw the progression in myself with the gym and more importantly, how people perceived me as a man, as a husband, as a father, as I saw that perspective change in other people in terms of myself, that's when I started to acquire confidence. When I could show myself that, hey, you showed up to the gym multiple times for multiple weeks for multiple months and because you did this consistently this is the change that you elicited in your own you know physical structure but more importantly in your emotional and mental mind and i remember being a certain version of myself and right now it's like a it's like an old 80s movie that you kind of forget, oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. That's how I see the older version of myself. When I saw that change happen in other people, when I was in Ryan's basement and I was working out with and coaching, pseudo coaching people, we barely knew what we were doing back then. 
when I start to see other people make changes in their own lives, and then I can see the difference in their own personality. I mean, I don't, I don't know of anything that's better. I feel like, some things I would say would resonate with this person or that person, and you could see them implement those practices into their own lives. And then they do it, they execute consistently over and over and over again. And then I can see them seeing themselves become this totally different person. And I said to myself, I have to figure out a way to do this all the time, but also pay my bills. And Ryan and I shared this dream, this vision for our lives. And he opened up a gym. I was a coach there. I was a a good part of that community for a long time. And there wasn't really a way for me to transition out of my full-time work at Gibson Guitar into a full-time coaching position because to an extent, we didn't have a very good grasp on how to do this the right way. If I ever have specific business questions, I'm usually going to go to Ryan because we we shared in that struggle very early on and we have a pretty keen perspective on how both of us feel about things and honestly, I told him a long time ago, "Man, I'm going to learn from your mistakes and I'm going to try to skip those." It's the same thing I tell my kids. And people will choose to learn from your mistakes or not. They will learn from their own mistakes or they won't. So if I can somehow allow my kids to skip certain mistakes using my own frame of reference, then I'm going to try my absolute best. And I apply those things in the gym as well. When I decided to leave Whole Strength CrossFit, I can't remember what year it was. I feel like it was around 2013, maybe 2014. The sole reason for me leaving I would say not even the majority reason of me leaving whole strength was not just because I could not see myself making enough money to pay my own bills with the certain structure that was in place at the time, but I was going through a divorce. I was going through an entire mental reset of how I was approaching life, how I was going to apply myself as a believer, as a husband, as a father, as a productive member of society. And I basically sold everything I owned, and I moved back in with my parents for a very, very short time. It was pretty embarrassing, Um, but I knew that I, I had to do something absolutely drastic to get a handle on the situation. I moved back in with my parents. I think I was only there for a couple months, and I was able to find a house to rent right down the road from them, and I still miss that house today. It was really great being close to my parents and being, you know, back home, so to speak. Um, but after Lindsay and I got married, I was very upfront with her and I said, this is the vision that I see for my life. And that includes you. And these are the things that I want to do. I remember having a question for her. I said, let's just say this, let's just say we have a few thousand dollars. Here are our options. We can have a really cool wedding, maybe like a destination wedding or something, which when I say destination, probably within a few hour drive because we ain't got that much money. We can either have a really nice wedding and kind of just go on a whatever honeymoon. You know, we were going to treat her annual trip to Minnesota to see her family as the honeymoon. And that was going to be our thing. And then we can just, you know, 
try to make it in life as best as possible. The next option was we basically do like a, a courthouse wedding. We don't tell nobody. And then we go on a really, really awesome honeymoon. And the idea was to like, we were going to go to like New Zealand and go visit Hobbiton and all that stuff. Yes, she is an uber Hobbit nerd. I will not let her claim Lord of the Rings nerd because she always defaults to the Hobbit. Rarely Lord of the Rings. So, Lindsay, if you're watching or listening, you cannot own that title because you cannot default to Hobbit every single time we're going to sit down and watch something like that. you got to throw in Lord of the Rings or you're not a real fan. Tolkien would be super disappointed anyway. The point was we have a really low-key wedding, we have an awesome honeymoon, and then we go about life. The third option, courthouse wedding. Basically, no honeymoon, and we use the money that we have in savings that I would say most of it was me working a massive ton of overtime, and we open a gym. Those are the three options. And when I talked to her about these things, she didn't even hesitate. She didn't even hesitate. She said, we could open a gym. And it was at that, I remember, I remember this vividly. I remember at that moment where this massive like shroud of just comfort and elation over me. And, and it was like, bro, this is the one. This is the one. You have to, you have to seal this deal before she changes her mind. She might be crazy. She might be an absolute psychopath. Let's paint the picture. Here you have me. At the time, I am 32, something like that. 32, 31, maybe. Maybe even 30. I don't even, I don't even remember. That whole life is a blur at this point. Um, I don't even think I was 30. Lens and I, I was 30. I was uh, just barely out of this divorce, not even officially official yet, just being perfectly clear. I have three redheaded, crazy kids who are spread out at three different schools in Sumner County because they're just, they're, there's big age gaps. So at three separate schools, I'm working a blue collar job. I'm a CrossFit coach and Lindsay's about to graduate MTSU with two degrees. She has, she's going to have a degree in international studies or international relations, basically, with a minor in Arabic. What is this girl doing with me? This makes no sense. She has the world at her fingertips. She lived in Morocco for a long time doing um, work in that international relations, political sphere, stuff like that. And I was just trying to wrap my head around like, this girl's nuts. Why is she wasting her life on my blue collar bum self? Needless to say, here we are, folks. Um, she took the deal, and man, I'm just, I'm just super in love with my wife. And it's just, it's just, it's so nice having someone who just locks in tight with what you want, with what you desire, and this being a vehicle to help improve other people's lives. And she wants to be a part of it, and she supports you. It's, it's something else. And I feel like a lot of people don't have that support, um, even in, even in, you know. Super strong, healthy marriages. I'd, sometimes you just don't see that support. Um, but we decided to open up a gym, so we spent no money. We basically surprised everyone when we got married in Minnesota. We went up there for annual vacation. She does that every year with her family. We got married on a boat dock on Lake Vermilion, and we announced it via Facebook. And there were some people who were 
a little offended and a little pissed off. And that's okay, because they can choose to feel that way if they so choose. But we were going to do it our way, and we're still doing it our way. Flash forward like two years later, um, I've officially decided to leave Whole Strength and pursue my own thing. And I remember Lindsay would not even work out with me. She wouldn't work out with me at all. I would give her these little workouts, and she would do them in the garage when I wasn't home, when I was at work, or doing whatever. And eventually, she warmed up to working out with me. And then I kind of came to her and I said, look, if we're going to do this, the only thing I can think of is like, I have no money. I can't open up a gym. We recently got involved with the church that we're still at now, Northfield Church. Um, But I was honestly embarrassed. I was embarrassed of coaching clients in my garage in BFE, Cottontown, Tennessee. And I just kind of took a, took a chance and ran a Facebook ad. I think I spent $20 on a Facebook ad. And I had bought some equipment, had some kettlebells, had some barbells, had some plates, and I mounted a couple pull-up bars in my garage. And it was like this six-week challenge, fat loss challenge, whatever it was. And I had, I had one person respond to it. They ended up signing up, and they brought a friend of theirs with them. Was, I had two ladies show up. And at that point, I started to ask a couple people at church they want to come, and then you have, you have people come in and out. Um, but shout out to Becca Martino and Nicole Smith. Nicole Smith is still at the gym. Becca moved, so she's she's a little farther away. It's not logistically sound for her. Um, but those were my first hired clients for Terraform Strength and Conditioning. That was the original name because I didn't have the money to pay CrossFit, and I definitely didn't have any money to do it for real. So I had these these ladies coming to the garage, I think, three days a week at 5.30 p.m., and they showed up every single every single day. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday was typically what we did. They showed up pretty much every day that we had a class for six weeks, Um if I'm if I'm super coherent on how it went, I don't. I think Becca might have lost a little a little weight, a little body fat. Um, nothing crazy. Nicole, I think, lost some body fat, lost some weight, but they liked working out. They liked lifting weights, deadlifting, all that cool stuff, CrossFit stuff. Without saying it's CrossFit. And at the end of the six weeks, Becca asked me, "So, like, what do we do now?" And I think I charged like a hundred dollars. For, for that six-week program. And then when she said it, I didn't even have time to think. And I was like, well, we can um, we can keep going, and it can just be like a monthly fee of like a like $100, $100 a month. Does that sound okay? And they were both like, yeah, sounds great. And I, I remember just, I was like gasping for air in my own mind. I was like, holy crap. I just, I have, now I have two people coming every month and they're paying me money. I'm making $200. That's awesome. And then I start doing math. Like, well, if I, if I do this many people, I'll make this much that might replace. So the gears are turning. It's like, well, maybe there is an avenue for this. Um, but I had this, I had this strategy of opening a gym in Gallatin. There was not a CrossFit gym in Gallatin. So I figured we could, corner the market, so to speak. And I had this fear of like, this is a big city, but there's not a CrossFit gym. Someone's going to open a CrossFit gym. I have to do this fast. But I didn't have any money and I wasn't making much money anyway. I also knew that if I was going to open up a business, 
and I was going to quit my job, it's very, very difficult to qualify for any sort of financing in any aspect when you're self-employed, let alone self-employed and making no money. So I decided to, before I pulled the trigger on something crazy, Lindsay and I wanted to buy a house in Gallatin. That way our kids could be solidified in the Summer County school system. That was part of the actual um, divorce is that the kids had to go to Summer County schools just so nobody gets crazy and wants to move here, move there. Like, I'm moving to Albuquerque. I'm taking the kids with me. Those are the rules. And we both agreed upon those rules. And I wanted to make sure that they always had a spot in Gallatin. So we bought a house in August of 2017. And I think I had enough money to pay for two months worth of rent up front at this commercial location that I found on Craigslist. And I ended up signing a lease in October of 2017, and this place was a crap hole. It used to be some sort of detail shop, mechanic shop. It was behind another mechanic shop, and it was absolutely disgusting. And I was in there for weeks. Um, I had to rent a grinder to get rid of this caked up lacquer on the floor to grind it away, because otherwise I couldn't even put mats down. The floor was just absolutely horrendous. I was committed to being a debt-free business because that's one of the mistakes from the earlier days where if, you're, if your debt is so high and the payments on this equipment is so high that your overhead is just an insurmountable task to take care of every month, how am I going to be able to buy groceries and stuff like that? So I knew I had to, dis- I had to stay a debt-free business for as long as possible. Pretty cheap rent. Moved in in October. I didn't even have enough money to buy all the equipment I even needed to run a gym. This was about 1,800 square feet of workable space, 2,400 square feet total. And I basically only had enough money to buy those horse stall mats and rubberize the floor just halfway. So imagine like this massive rectangle and just cut a line in the middle of it And everything to the right is where the rubber is. I didn't have enough money to buy any more rubber mats. I had no rig. All I had was two squat stands. I think we had, I think we had eight barbells. I think we had six. No, we had more than that. We had like, we had like 12, I think. We had like six men's bars, two women's bars, and five training bars, like those 15 pound training bars. I had plates and kettlebells to sustain like a six, maybe an eight-person class. And I just accumulated this over time for the past year or so. And I put all this stuff together. We moved in. I painted the walls. I put the rubber down. We had two squat stands, and we had two wall-mounted pull-up bars, and we had kettlebells and barbell stuff. No dumbbells, none at all. No rowers, no ski ergs, nothing fancy. Um, And I remember being so embarrassed that I was asking people to come to this place and pay me money to work out in this. It, it was, it was atrocious. It was a literal crap hole. It was disgusting. Um, but it was the only option to where I felt safe enough to moving in and signing a commitment, a lease, basically signed a two year lease. And it was at a relatively affordable rate, but I had enough money to pay for two months up front. And then I wheeled and dealed with the guy. I said, I will pay for two months up front if you give me two free months. 
and then I'll start paying rent after that. So the deal was in October of 20,000, 20,000, October of 2017, I signed a two-year lease. I paid for January and February rent up front. Therefore, I didn't have to pay rent in January because I'd already paid it. I prepaid it. No rent in January, no rent in February. I would have no rent in March and I would have no rent in April. So January, February, March, April. My first rent payment was May 1st. Sometimes I think about not going into the numbers, but I'm just going to go into the numbers. I'm just going to open it up. At that time, rent was $1,000 a month. I had, I think, five people coming to my garage, and they were paying me $100 a month. $500 a month was my revenue. Not profit, not just revenue. Revenue. So I had to do the math. Like, well, I'm going to open this place up, and in four months, I have to have enough money to pay the rent. Because my own personal income was still not very big, but we intentionally bought a house that was really, really, really cheap because I knew that if I was going to quit this job, I was going to have to be able to pay my own personal obligations in terms of bills, but also be able to pay for the obligations of the business, like rent, utilities, insurance, affiliate fees, like telling me that I had to pay three grand to CrossFit just to be able to say that I'm a CrossFit gym. I I didn't have the money when we opened up. So I said, well, eventually we'll affiliate. Over the first couple months, I ended up getting quite a few inquiries because I was running some Facebook ads and, you know, just by, because I grew up in Gallatin, I had some friends and actually I had a couple friends sign up that I went to high school with. And I remember Nikki, if you're listening to this, I remember she was scheduled for one of her intro sessions one night, and that night there was a workout with box jumps, and Lindsay, I think, I think that's how it went, Lindsay like absolutely ate it on a box jump. If you know what that is, you know what that's like. If you haven't done it, you've probably seen it, and it's gross. And I remember Nikki seeing that, and later on she told me that she was, she was contemplating walking out because of that experience. I just saw one of my friend's you know, his wife just ate crap on a box jump. And now they're over here, like, looking at this gym. Half of it's just jacked up concrete and half of it's rubber. There's some barbells here and there. Um, and I just remember being so embarrassed, saying, like, yeah, this is this is my gym. And it's just, it was a joke. It seemed like a joke. But, you know, I did have some people sign up. And sure enough, by the time May came, I'm wanting to say I had, I want to say I had, like, maybe nine members, maybe 10 members or something like that at that point. And they were paying me $150 a month. When I moved out of the garage into the gym, it was $150 a month. And and I remember, I think I had two people stop coming because the price went up from $100 to $150 a month. Even though I explained, like, hey, um, we're moving into, like, a real gym, supposedly. It's a building. I'll, I'll give it that. And I remember being embarrassed the whole time because, you know, there's so many gyms out there that are that are really nice. There's been a lot of money put into them. And there's there's a lot of very, very successful gyms in their own right. And and they have very nice facilities. They have very nice equipment. And I just I didn't 
the whole time I didn't think it was a good move because I could have, there's a lot of financing options out there in the gym world. And it's almost like loan sharking with like really bad interest rates that people will loan you money to buy all the equipment that you want. But when you're making payments that are like more than your rent and you're making these payments for three or four years, you're just a hostage. You're just a hostage to that debt. So I was willing to deal with the embarrassment. I was willing to deal with the lack of equipment. And for some of my CrossFit OGs, I do believe that 2018 was the year they started. It was either 2018 or 2019 where all of a sudden you got to have dumbbells during the open. And that's kind of the caveat to the next part of this uh, conversation is that I remember in February, I had some people signed up and everybody kind of knew we were doing CrossFit, but we weren't calling it CrossFit because I didn't want to get in trouble with HQ because I knew eventually we would affiliate. And I remember emailing them where I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to pull the trigger. I'm going to pay the three grand up front and it'll be a massive dent, but at least I still have my job. And I can pull a little bit out of savings, and it was really tight. We're talking about within hundreds of dollars only being in my savings account at some time. But I knew it was going to work. I knew I had to stay faithful and keep doing the right thing. And I remember I applied for my affiliation like six weeks before the Open started because I thought, man, it would be cool if we could do the Open. Because there was still that fear of like someone else is going to open up a CrossFit gym in Gallatin, and they're going to spend all the money. They're going to have the nicest toys and all this. And all of my potential clientele is going to go there. And I was absolutely terrified. So I was like, man, I got to get this on the board. And at this time, CrossFit was really moving hard away from allowing affiliates to pick their name in their gym name. So if I wanted to be CrossFit Gallatin, they probably weren't going to allow me to do that because they don't want a single affiliate to claim like a geographical location for the gym. I emailed them, I, and I think you have to submit like three different names that you're going to go with. And, you know, just see what happens. I submitted CrossFit Gallatin, and then I put like Terraform CrossFit or CrossFit Terraform, and then another one. I don't even remember the other one. Emailed them, and I waited, and I waited. Two weeks went by. I emailed them again. Nothing. And then I emailed them again, like a week before the open. I really wanted to do the open in 2018 to solidify us as a CrossFit gym. And everyone was going to be super excited to kind of do this competition that the whole world does worldwide. So I emailed them a week before and I got uh, almost an instant response, like within a few minutes of that third email that I sent. And it was very short. I can't even remember the person's name. And they said, hey, we're so sorry we weren't able to get back to you. Which name did you want? And I just threw out there, CrossFit Gallatin. And they responded immediately. And they said, cool, we got you down. Here's the portal link to pay your affiliate fee. Did you want to pay up front? Do you want to pay monthly, whatever? And I just said, I'll pay the whole thing up front right now. And they said, awesome. Thanks for joining the CrossFit team, blah, blah, blah. I don't even think they checked my address they probably didn't even know what Gallatin was. They probably was like, okay, Gallatin, whatever. And they approved it. I think it's really, really hard to get like a city name in your affiliate name now. So I'm super grateful that nobody, there's no way they, they checked that. I think they just like, oh crap, we forgot to do this. And then they got back to me. So we affiliated. And then, you know, the open workouts were released like on Thursdays or whatever. This is back when it was still five weeks. And I remember it was kind of like an event we had at the gym. 
And they announced the workout. And I remember when Dave Castro announced it and there were rowers in the workout. You have to have rowers in the workout. And I remember my heart just like plunged. And I'm like, this would happen. This this would definitely happen to where we've signed up. I'm in, in an impeccable financial strain to make this work. And now I don't have the equipment to even do the freaking workout. And I don't think I slept for like two days or something. I was just absolutely screwed because I remember saying, I, I, I don't have the money to buy rowers. And even if I did, I don't even know how I could get them. So shout out to my buddy Ryan for saving the day. I, I, I shot him a message and said, hey, man, we don't have any rowers. Can we come and do our open workouts at whole strength? Instantly respond with, heck yeah, man, let's, let's get everybody up here. I don't even know if we had 10 people go. But we went up there, got the workout done. It was super fun and also kind of set the tone for like culture. So whole strength CrossFit, you know, we both of us do level method. Ryan and I are really good friends. And for for our newer members, maybe people I didn't know very well, to be able to go to whole strength and see like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. I like this. It would be cool if we could be like this. So whole strength setting the example for like, not just a place where you go in and get a workout in and go home. No, man, this is like a literal family because you're probably spending more time with these people than your real family. And it's not in the context of work where it kind of is, but it's not where you're all suffering together yet individually on some sort of level other than everybody else. So we came home. And we did all the other open workouts at our gym because we had the equipment. I made sure we, we had a line painted on the wall for wall balls. We had all the wall balls we need. We had to run a bunch of heats on like a Saturday morning to do it. Um, but those early years of CrossFit Gallatin in that location, it was always like barely getting by. But I worked full time at Gibson Guitars from January all the way until June, I put my two-week notice in, and my last day at Gibson Guitars was June 1st, 2018. I worked there for 12 and a half years, and my identity was like, oh, you're the guy that works at Gibson. All of a sudden, that was shifting to like, oh, you're the guy that owns the CrossFit gym. And it was this massive shift in identity, and I had seen some progress in my own strength and fitness and all these things, so... People start treating you differently when you are seemingly a physically capable man, especially. So all these things are changing, but I'm still feeling like this gym sucks, man. This gym sucks. I've been in, uh, I've never been in a less equipped, dirtier, grungier gym. But I would have these members come and join and they would walk in like, oh man, this is cool. This is like retro garage fit, like warehouse, nasty, get the work done. And there are people that were attracted to that. But I really think that people were more attracted to the authenticity of the community to where we didn't need the fancy stuff. We didn't need the, the pretty nice equipment, equipment. And we didn't need all these facilities and amenities. We were just in here to work and get better in the most raw sense. We were at that location for a long time, and I was constantly looking at 
new places, new spots. And there was a couple opportunities that came my way that say, hey, well, we can go in together with this business and this business and have a really nice spot and this and that. And it turns out like we were the only ones really making money. So there were a lot of opportunities that I had to say no to in order for us to stick to our principles, stick to our values, and never waver, ever. You can dangle that carrot in front of me all day long, and I'm not going to take it if it doesn't line up with my values and my principles. So push came to shove probably early 2021. Maybe, no, that was 2022. And my landlord is saying, hey, um, I'm getting out of this game. I'm retiring. My wife is in poor health, and we're going to sell the property. Um, I was on a month-to-month lease at that point, basically. He was, a, he was a super, super great landlord in terms of, you know, just being nice to work with and very easy to work with. He never fixed anything, ever. But he was always a good guy and always, you know, kind of shot me straight, so to speak. But he said that, hey, if this thing sells, I mean, you'll probably have like 30 days. And I doubt they're going to honor the lease because most people are just going to demolish this thing and build something new. So here I am freaking out. Um, I'm paying $1,000 a month in rent. Like, those things don't exist anymore. Those things do not exist. Like, I was always shopping for new commercial property because I wanted to elevate the experience at CrossFit Gallatin because maybe more people would come if we were a nicer gym. I struggled with that concept for years, and I was always driving around looking. And... I had a friend of mine, Drew, who we actually designed a building together like the year before, and I was actually going to buy it from him, and then it would just be our our building, and then we would own it. Um, but of course, the city of Gallatin kind of reamed him horribly with codes and all these other things that basically doubled the cost of the project. And when he quoted me the rent, I was like, dude, we cannot afford that. We cannot afford that. Flash forward a year later when now we might be, you know, basically ousted out of our property when it sells because the real estate market was insane at the time. And I mentioned it to Drew and he's like, man, my tenants that I have in there, they suck. They don't pay rent. They haven't paid rent in three months. And I'd be willing to talk to you about it if you wanted to get in there. I can get them out and you can just move right in. And it was at that point where the rent was going to be substantially more, way more than double, more than triple. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Jake, at the time, and it was like, I wasn't too sure if I was ready for that big of a jump, because as that cost grows, I need more people in order to be able to facilitate the type of life that I have. It's just the way it is. As your overhead grows, you need more revenue to pay for the things. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go get a job. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if I could survive something like that at this point. Too selfish. I don't know if I could hack it. So that's when I started to transition from a CrossFit coach who owns a CrossFit gym to more of a business-minded approach to this business, a more professional approach, because honestly, I was never super keen on becoming a business owner for business ownership sake. I was still very active in the gym. I was a coach at the gym. I was a pretty big part of the community at the gym. 
But I knew that in order for us to grow, to get to the next level, and really in order us in order for us to survive, moving to a much nicer physical location, almost double the space, and it was going to be like it was going to be like Christmas morning to our current members because and any of my current members that were at the old location, you will remember the absolute atrocity of a location that that was compared to what we have now. But I knew that I had to get a little more serious on the business ownership side of things and not just be an awesome coach. So I have to basically instill my values and principles that I have into other coaches so they can fulfill the service at a, at a level that I'm happy with. So that's when we started, you know, talking about recruiting internal members to become coaches to, and it's a long process. And it's something that I've had conversations with two or three people at this point where this isn't a job where you just turn the lights on, turn the music up and say, three, two, one, go. There are definitely gyms that are like that. There are definitely gyms that are successful and they do that, but that's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in talking to people and helping people transition into the next phase of life where they're trying to elevate this experience in some, ex- some, some extent. And it's much more than making sure someone is only doing, you know, 135-pound deadlifts instead of 185-pound deadlifts. Making sure someone squats all the way down and all the way up. These are like major base level aspects of growth. Fitness is a tool for personal growth, but it has a tangible physical aspect that you can partner with it with this mental change that has to happen. It's not about adding something new to your plate so you can take control of your health and fit. No, you have to orient your whole life around this idea that I have to prioritize my own well-being so I can give the best version of myself to the people around me. Whether you're a mom or a dad, you're single, you own your own business, you're an employee here, blah, blah, blah. You, that's why you, that's why they tell you to put the oxygen mask on your face first in the airplane. It's like, well, I just, I, all, all that matters to me is my kids. Well, if they actually matter, you need to prioritize yourself to an extent so you can give them the best version of yourself so you don't become a burden to them in the later years. I'm 37 years old. My son is 19 years old. Any sort of physical task that needs to be done, I'm going to own him every day. Yeah, it's a little bit of an ego-driven thing. But the point is, is that I have been pursuing this thing, this fitness thing, this mental growth thing for years. There's a lot of catch-up that a lot of people are going to have to do in order to get to this point. And I talk to people all the time that say that, well, yeah, I hope I can get up there soon. Hope is great. Hope is not a catalyst. Hope is an idea that lingers in your head. It's just something that sounds good to say to yourself and other people. But you have to take action. And I was interested in helping people figure out what's the best course of action that you can take, not that a person can take, but that you can take. And the gym is a way for me to have those individual conversations and 
help people get past this or get around that. And I can think of, I can think of a good handful of people that would not be anywhere close to where they are right now if CrossFit Gallatin didn't exist. CrossFit Gallatin wouldn't exist if I wasn't a part of the picture. So all these opportunities have been presented to me to capitalize on. And every single time that I choose not to or I choose to waver, these things don't work out very well. And I want to share that with people. And the gym is a tool for that. It's a it's it's a means to get to the root of the cause of why people are unsuccessful in certain areas of their life. Maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to get stronger. All these things are important. But what's more important is understanding why haven't you done them before or why haven't you been consistently executing on those actions for this time? And what can you do what can you design? What can you curate in your own life to make these actions as easy as possible? Because a lot of us, there's just too much stuff going on. The world is too loud. And it's really hard to think about those things when you're, you know, running 400 meters, doing 20 kettlebell swings and 40 wall balls, five rounds for time as fast as possible. It's just an, it's just a different level of different aspect of living that a lot of people will never understand. And when you can see yourself progress, whether you're losing weight on the scale, putting more weight on the barbell, running faster in the workout, when you can see yourself making those changes, like, oh my gosh, you know, a month ago, I could only front squat 45 pounds. And today I front squatted 150 pounds. You can't argue with that data. And most of the time when you're doing fitness at like a 24-7 gym, you don't really know what you're doing, for one. They're praying to God that you don't show up. And when you do show up, your headphones are in, you're on the treadmill, and you're not really sure what you're supposed to do anyway. And then in three months, you're not going to show up. And actually, the gym owner is really happy because if everybody showed up, he'd get shut down. And that's what I wanted to do with the gym is I wanted to be the opposite. I wanted to make sure everybody was making it to the gym so I was able to pour into their lives and help them make changes. Therefore, I feel like I have a purpose and I have meaning and I'm serving the community in whatever way he's he's told me to do. So that's where we are now. We're rocking and rolling in CrossFit Gallatin. We're about five years. Let's see. It's been about, I've been coaching my by myself as a sole business owner for a little over seven years. But it'll be our six-year anniversary, January 1st, 2024, and most businesses fail within the first five years. And if we're being really honest, they actually probably fail in the first two years, and the next three years, you're just barely eking it out trying to convince yourself that it's still working. So I want to do it for real. I have been doing it for real, maybe not at a certain scale that other people would say is good, but for right now, everything I've ever wanted has been given to me because I try my absolute best to do the right thing. And when I haven't done the right thing, it's always bitten me in the butt. So join me next time for another episode. We're going to go into all kinds of stuff, all kinds of ideas and situations and perspectives that I've been through, that I've seen and or lived. So stick around next time. Thanks for hanging out.